Good morning. It's good to be with you all this morning. We are going to begin the first of what will be many to come lessons that are connected to our theme for this trimester. If you'll remember, a few weeks back, as our last trimester was drawing to an end, and this current trimester was about to begin, Keith presented to us a lesson in which he outlined the theme for this trimester, the theme of being committed, specifically committed Christians. And he outlined and bullet pointed several aspects of what it means to be committed as Christians. And so Jeremy and I have taken those, and every Sunday morning for the rest of the year, we're going to hit on one or more aspects of that. Now, they may not all be as overt as the one this morning is. Some of them may be points within other lessons. But if you'll listen to those lessons over the next several weeks, you'll hear aspects of this theme worked in throughout the rest of the year. And the part of that lesson that Keith presented to us that I'm going to begin with today is the importance of us as being committed Christians but specifically being committed to the local church, being committed to the work that is going on here at Traders Point. Football season is about to begin. I love football season, and I know a lot of people here do too. Even if you don't, this analogy is going to make sense to you, I promise. You start to hear about football teams and their preparation for the upcoming season and spring training and practices, and then it works into summer, and they're, they're working out together now, and then it works into the preseason, and they're starting to play games. And, and all throughout that process, you, you hear about the importance of each member of that team buying in to the culture of the team, being committed to the team that they're a part of. If you're a wide receiver, it's important that you learn that playbook and you understand the routes that you're to run. And if you're on the line, you have to know when and where to block and where to move. Each, each person on that team has to be committed to the playbook. They have to be committed to one another. They have to be committed to the coaching staff. They have to be committed to the organization. And they have to be committed in all of those ways for that team to be as successful as they possibly can on the field. It's that way in everything that we do. At work, you're going to be asked to buy in to the culture and be committed to the work that's taking place. If you're in a band, you have to be committed to the unity of a band so that you can sound well when you play, sound good when you play together. You have to be committed in those regards in order for the whole to be everything that it can be. I'm going to suggest to you this morning that the Lord's church is no different. That, that in order for the church here at Trader's Point to be everything that it can be, to be everything that God wants us to be, each of us individually have to be committed. We have to be committed to the work that we are involved in. We have to be committed to one another, and I'm going to suggest to us four principles this morning that I hope will challenge each of us to consider our commitment to each of these things. And I want to begin in Matthew chapter 25, and we're not going to read this parable together, 
It's a parable that probably many of you are familiar with, and if not, that's okay. You can glance at it as we go if we'd like, if you'd like. But it's the parable of the talents. It's a story that Jesus tells that has so many wonderful applications to it. But there's one in particular that I want to key in on this morning as we begin this lesson. And it is the importance that Jesus places on personal responsibility. I want you to think about it from this perspective. Jesus Jesus tells a story of a master who gives a certain amount of money to three different servants. To one, he gives five talents. That's a measure of money. That's how it's referred to. To one, he gives two talents, and to a third, he gives one. So if you do some very quick and very easy math there, the master gave a total of eight talents to these men. And when the master returns, and he goes to see what these men have done with the money that he entrusted to them, there is one man, the one who received five, who gives him back ten. The one who received two gives him back four. But the one who received one just gave him what had been entrusted to him, the one talent. Now, look at it from this perspective. That master handed out eight talents. How many did that master get in return? He got back 15. Any of us here would take that rate of return on an investment. To give eight and get 15, that's great. It's amazing. He should be thrilled with that return. But the master wasn't interested in the collective. The master was interested in the individual. And so to the one who doubled, more was given. To the second who doubled, more was given. But to the one who did nothing with what he had been entrusted with but buried in the ground, He was cast out. Now that one could have said, but look at the rate of return that you got. You gave eight out and you got 15 back. How can you be mad about that? The master wasn't interested in the collective. The master was interested in the individual. And that's what I want to challenge us to think about this morning. God is interested in our individual commitment. Now, if our individual commitment is what it should be, then the Lord's church will grow and thrive and boom. But whether or not the Lord's church is thriving in a local area or not, God is going to look at the individual and the individual's commitment to the work that is taking place there. It's a wonderful thing that the church here at Traders Point is growing. It's a wonderful thing that the church here at Traders Point is thriving. But what is your individual commitment to the work here like? Because that's what God is going to be interested in. His church will stand. That promise has been made. We talked about that this morning in our Matthew class. The Lord's kingdom is everlasting. It's going to remain. But what is your individual commitment to it like? And the question that Keith asked on that Wednesday night was to challenge us to think about whether or not we individually are making Trader's Point better.
And that's what I'm going to ask you to think about this morning as well. Now, if you're visiting with us, don't worry. The things that we're going to talk about are applicable to your local congregation. If you worship with another group of Christians somewhere, or if you're not a member of the Lord's Church, I think they will challenge you to consider the value that God places on each of the qualities that we're going to discuss together today. But for us that are members here at Traders Point, I wanted to ask you, challenge you to think about whether or not your individual commitment to the Lord's work here is making Traders Point better. I'm going to bring up four different aspects that I'm going to ask you to consider this morning. And as we talk about each of them, I'm going to suggest to you that the answer to that question is yes, if, if you individually are committed first to love. We read just a moment ago from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Jeremy and I were actually just talking about this passage of scripture this week, and that's why it was fresh on my mind when I was thinking about this application to, to the point of being committed to love. And I think one of the most important things to keep in mind as we read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is that while there are certainly applications in that passage that make it appropriate to be read at a wedding, that passage is not intended to be read at a wedding. That passage is intended to be read to the church. And so when we talk about love, when we talk about love bearing all things, when we talk about the importance of heartfelt, true, sacrificial love, Paul is writing that to the church in Corinth. And he is challenging them in the area of love. Are you committed to this type of love to your brothers and sisters that you worship with and that you work with in that community. And so if you need to, go back and, go back and read what we just read a moment ago from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And, and think about it not from the perspective of a husband and wife or romantic love or weddings, but think about it from the perspective of the person that you're sitting next to this morning. Think about it from the person you're sitting in front of or behind this morning. Are you committed to loving them in this way? Are you committed to prioritizing that type of love toward your brother and sister here at Trader's Point? Well, in order for us to answer that first question, are you making Trader's Point better? Our answer to this question of whether or not we are committed to loving one another in this way needs to be yes. This is a staple of God's people. That we prioritize one another's needs. That we sacrificially love one another. That we bear one another's burdens. That we strive with one another. The love that Paul is talking about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is not a feeling. It's not tolerating one another. It's active, it's personal, it's deep, it's sincere, 
and it's sacrificial. And in order for us to be committed to one another, we have to be committed to this type of love toward one another. There's another thing that we have to be committed to, and that is to unity. In order for us to be committed to unity, we have to be committed to one another. That means being a part of one another's lives. Turn with me just a couple of pages back to the beginning of 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and listen to what Paul says at the outset of this letter, a letter that's written to a group of Christians that are having many problems, a group of Christians that are dealing with a lot of challenging situations. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there are to be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, a group of people with diverse backgrounds, different nationalities, different life experiences, they do not fall backwards into speaking the same thing. They do not accidentally trip into being perfectly joined together and having no divisions among them. That takes work. That takes commitment in order to live what Paul is encouraging these brethren to be. It is going to take constant effort on our part to be unified with one another. It will not happen accidentally. It will not happen because we all happen to live in the Indianapolis area. It will only happen if we are committed to working towards this. That means we have to be committed to stand for the truth together. That means we have to be committed to being a part of each other's lives. That means we have to be committed to striving with one another and talking through things as brothers and sisters when there are disagreements. But in order for the Lord's church here to be everything that God wants and intends it to be, we individually must be committed to being unified with our brothers and sisters. Satan loves division. He loves division among God's people. We must fight against that. And each of us has an individual responsibility to be committed to the work in this way, to be committed to being unified and to seeking the unity that Paul is talking about here with one another. Thirdly, we have to be committed individually to service. I'm going to ask you to turn all the way back to the Old Testament, to Proverbs chapter 3. 
Proverbs chapter 3, and then we're going to fast forward to Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to see some very similar wording that is used in both the Old Testament and the New Testament when we talk about the responsibility that God sees for the individual to be committed to service. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Don't withhold good from someone when you have the power to give that. Now, fast forward, as I mentioned, to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, and and listen for the the similar thought that, that Paul is going to encourage the brethren in Galatia to consider. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. See the, the similar messaging that's being given there? If you have the ability and the opportunity to serve someone else, you have the responsibility to serve someone else. And as Paul adds here in Galatians chapter 6, especially to those of the household of faith. It is a responsibility that each of us bear to consider where in our lives we have opportunity and ability to help one another, to be of service to one another. And every single one of us has opportunity and ability to serve in some capacity Therefore, each and every one of us have the responsibility to serve in that capacity. It is something that we must be committed to. We must be committed to recognizing where and when we have the opportunity to serve. We must be committed to recognizing the strengths that we have and how we can apply those to helping one another grow. So each of us have that individual responsibility to consider how we are serving one another. Service by nature is inconvenient. Service by nature is not going to fit nicely onto your calendar sometimes. But when we recognize the importance of being committed to the work in that way, and the importance of being committed to one another in this way, We'll recognize the importance of making sure that we have time and availability to help. And when those opportunities arise, to be reminded of the fact that I have a responsibility as a member of the Lord's church, as a brother or sister to whoever it may be, to help and to serve. And sometimes that can be a thankless job. Sometimes that can be a difficult one. But it's one that as Christians and as members of this body of Christ, we must be committed to. And lastly, I'm going to challenge us to consider the fact that we have a responsibility to be committed to evangelism. Every single Christian has the responsibility individually to be evangelistic, to be teachers, to be sharers of the good news. That's not just the responsibility of Jeremy and I. That's not just the responsibility of the elders. 
It's not just the responsibility of the Bible class teachers. It is an individual responsibility that every Christian bears. And the reason why every Christian bears that responsibility should be found for each of us in Acts chapter 4. If you turn over to Acts chapter 4, Peter and John have been arrested because they are teaching the gospel and they are disrupting things in the city. And so they have been arrested, they have been threatened, and they have been told to stop. Stop teaching. Stop preaching about Jesus. But, but here's how they respond in verse number 20. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. That right there, that right there, is why it should be everyone's desire to be committed to the truth. Because evangelizing, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, it isn't something that we do. It should be who we are as Christians. We have individually a responsibility to have God's word so embedded within our hearts that we can't but help talk to other people about it. It's just who we are. It's, it's, it's what our life is centered around. And if that's the case, if we are committed to evangelism in this way, that's how the Lord's church continues to grow and more are brought into God's family. That's what we see happening in the early pages of the book of Acts. It's because of the commitment of the apostles to teach and to spread God's word. And then those who hear it, to also have that commitment to continue teaching and spreading God's word. That's how the church grew by the thousands in the first century. And that's how it can still grow today. That's how it has to still grow today. But that only happens when each of us recognize the individual responsibility that we have to be evangelistic. I heard someone say at one time, and I have... I've held it close and dear to my heart ever since, that there should be no one in our lives that we dislike so much that we would withhold the good news of Jesus Christ from them. When we recognize what we have as Christians, I I want everyone to have what I have. I I want everyone to, to experience the freedom from sin. I want everyone to feel the love of the Lord's family. I want everyone to have the hope of heaven. I want want everyone to be able to cast off the cares of this world and to walk confidently with their creator. And as Christians, we have to be so committed to that that it just becomes a part of who we are. And each of us individually bear that responsibility. One of the things that I so appreciate about this theme, as we've been thinking about it already some and preparing future lessons that are to come, I I love the idea of being committed as Christians. And I think that's such an appropriate way to think about our relationship to God because it's so obvious how committed God is to us. You can't help but read the pages of of the Old Testament and the New Testament alike and come away with just how committed God is to his people. He strives with his people through thick and thin 
never leaving them. Even though throughout time, God's people have turned their back on him, rejected him, cast him aside, and God remains, God remains steadfast, ready to welcome them back. Even after all the times in the Old Testament where God's people turned their back on him, God was so committed to mankind that he gave his own son to come down to earth and to die for us. That's how committed God is to us. And so naturally it should be our response in turn to be committed to him. Being committed to him means being committed to one another. Can't have one without the other. So this morning, I, I want you to think about the relationship that we have with each other individually. I want you to think about your commitment individually to the Lord's church. And I want to ask all of us to think about that in light of just how committed God is to us. He loved us so much that he sent his son to die so that we could be forgiven of our sins. He has proven beyond the shadow of a doubt how much he wants a relationship with us. And so as we wrap things up this morning, that's the invitation that I'm going to extend. Is as we consider our commitment to one another, we consider our commitment to the work that's going on here locally at Traders Point. I want you to think about where your commitment is to God himself, knowing where his commitment is to you. He has given us another day. He has given us another opportunity because there are those who have not yet committed themselves to him. And he is patient and he is long-suffering. So if you're here this morning and you need help, whether it's the prayers of the congregation here or whether you're ready to become a child of God and to experience that freedom from sin that baptism offers, we're here to help you in any way that we can. So just come to the front and let us know as we stand and sing.